Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. On this gloriously nerve-wracking Thursday. I mean, it is. There have been other versions of this. But, I mean, it's, I don't know how to rank it. Top 10. I would say it's, it's um, you know, probably a top 10, at least a top 15 sports day of my entire life. And I'm old. And so, um, been around, I'm starting to sniff six decades. So, it is... Um, it is huge. I mean, just a huge day. Astros got a big win last night. Uh, Verlander was really rocky in those first two innings. But his last four innings, he he pitched great. Uh, it was great to see. Uh, it was great to see the bottom of the order get it done. It's uh, Altuve, if someone wants to tap him on the shoulder and tell him the postseason is starting, it's okay it's, if he has a good at-bat. Uh, you know, it's okay. Give him permission. It's okay. You can have your first good at-bat of the postseason. But the good thing is the Astros have found a way to win even though he's done nothing. Um, and, and it'd be nice if he didn't make errors to complicate the matter. But, um, no, Jeremy Pena, fabulous. Um, you know, a lot of people were really worried when he kind of hit that rookie wall. I just, I wasn't really that worried. I, 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 I thought he would rebound. Now, my concern was with what we've talked about several times when Michael Schwab was on is I st- I've seen rookies, particular, if you remember how uh, Pedro Grande looked his first postseason appearance, he struck out almost every at bat. He was just completely overwhelmed, completely overmatched, could not handle the situation. Well, Jeremy Pena, that has not happened to him. He's gotten on base in critical situations. He had a big home run last night that helped things. He got a double. I mean, he's just, he looks fabulous. I think that was the best performance, the best outing for Ryan Presley all season. I don't think I ever saw him look that good. He looked like the Ryan Presley from when the Astros picked him up at the trade deadline, whatever year that was, I, 19, I guess. Whatever, 18, 19, whatever year that was, they picked him up at the trade deadline. I remember saying from the time that they picked him up in late July to the following late July, that year, the begin, the halfway through one season I think he was the best pitcher in baseball. He had then he got injured, and he's been good since. But man, he looked that that is the best I've seen him pitch all year. Like usually he comes in and it's ball one, ball two. I just hate that junk. 
and and, and uh, but he came in last night throwing strike. Everything was on the corner or down. I mean, it was just he was completely on point. I think that was his best outing of the season. That was awesome. That was great. Um, because he's like my favorite player on the team, but he he really he just. Since that first, and he's been good. I'm not saying he hadn't been good, but he hasn't been that pitcher that I saw that first calendar year that he, that the Astros acquired him. He he was as good as any pitcher we've ever had for that for that stretch. And, and, and as a reliever, I'm talking about. And he just and he hasn't really gotten, but but he looked that way at midnight. He was awesome last night. That was great. Um. Sooner or later, somebody's got to get a hit in scoring runner in scoring position. I look, I I I I love home runs as much as anyone. I love I you know I just love runs. G- give me some runs, and, and I just I just think eventually you got to be able to get some hits with runners in scoring position. You don't have to live with it, but I just I just think if they if they only score runs with home runs from here on out, they're not going to win the World Series. Now, most of the games, if they win this series, which they need to win tonight desperately, I mean, here's what they got to do. They got to win tonight, and then they got to win one of at least one of three in New York. They, I, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this, uh, you know, 2017 version. Although we've been comparing this team to the 2017 team here and there all year, and they and they won the World Series that year. But I really don't want to do well. I go to Yankee Stadium and lose three straight games. I don't want to play that game like they did in 2017. They just won all their home games against the Yankees. The Astros are not a great home team. They're a great road team. But against the Yankees, they they tend to, whatever reason, Minute Maid Park has been like a house of horrors for the Yankees. So I... For the in the in the in the Yankee matchup, they tend to play better at home. I don't I don't understand why, but anyway, I'll take it. Uh, but no, I, I think they need to get have a they need you need to every once in a while not have to rely on the home. That's why they lost the World Series in nineteen, which was the best team they ever had because they got in the World Series and when they didn't hit a home run, they could not drive in a run. All they needed was one or two runs. They win the game. They win the World Series. And they were too dependent on the home run. So hopefully they can somebody can mix in a few hits with runners in scoring position. But man, wow. Yuli has just I mean, we waited all season. Is he ever gonna do it? Is he ever gonna do it? And Dusty stuck with him and people, oh, we gotta gotta bench you know, put Mancini at first. And Dusty was probably thinking, Are you people crazy? You want me to put this left fielder at first base? This DH at first base when I got arguably the best defensive first baseman in the league, and I trust him. And look, I didn't know if he'd. I, I trust him defensively. I ne- I didn't know for sure he would come around because he looked terrible most of the season at the plate. Now he's got multiple home runs. He's driving the ball. Even his outs are hard. I mean, unbelievable the job Yuli has done in the postseason. And uh, it just goes to show you, you know, sometimes the old school, the old school way of I trust this guy. I've been here with him before. I've seen him do it. I've been, you know, he's been here from the since the beginning of this little run. 
Well, not the very beginning, but the postseason success run. And um, and he stuck with Yuli, and boy, is Yuli paying off. Wow. Wow. I uh, got to win tonight. Uh, you know, if, if they don't win tonight, as good as last night felt, then the it's 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 advantage Yankees. Got to win tonight. Got to win tonight. Both games. We'll get to the Saints in the next segment with Luke Johnson. I I am over the top frustrated with everything going on and the injuries and the, you know I don't know. We'll we'll see. It'll be an interesting conversation with Luke. So again, this is one of the probably top ten. Certainly top 15, probably top 10 sports days of my life. And and just humongous. Humongous for the Saints and trying to resurrect a season that is slipping away with stupid turnovers, stupid officials, and stupid play calling at the wrong times, and stupid defense, and just unbelievable. Should not, it should not happen. Stupid field kickers. You make field goals. You get officials not to make up calls. And you just don't fumble. And this team is probably 4-2 and two right now, even with all the trouble, but he, all this stupid stuff. Got to turn around eventually. It's got to start tonight. I don't think I... Uh, the NFC is a mess right now, but 2-5 and five's just... Just can't take two and five. Three and four just seems like you can come around on it. But um, especially this year, but but it, it, it's just ridiculous. So it needs to start tonight. And then here we go. Got a, another must win, and you got, you're playing one of the most mobile quarterbacks, and for whatever reason, mobile quarterbacks just completely confound you. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's just sickening. That part is just sickening. It's just my mind is just like the Astros. Everything's going so well. And the Saints, is so much stupidity is going on, so much dumb junk. I'm just, you know, it's just so conflicting. But again, one, you know, probably one of the 10 most, somewhere in there, 10, 8, 10, 12 biggest sports days of my life today. And I just, I really need a glorious Friday morning. Man, tomorrow would be. If things go my way tonight, tomorrow will be one of the most glorious mornings ever. But got to do it. So, no, a lot lot of good things on the baseball. I, I, I think there were a couple of times where I'm like, Ugh. but I, last night the, the, the home plate umpire had a really high strike zone. And then it got low a few times. I think it benefited the Astros last night because have it, you know, I mean, he called high strikes both ways. And there were a few times where, particularly once on Bregman, I was like, I didn't know about that one. But, um, but I think it helped Verlander do what he wanted to do with, with the high. He was calling the high curveballs for strikes, which are not always called strikes. You know, a lot of umpires don't have that high strike zone. But he had one last night. It um, it was good. All right, let's do this. We will take a timeout. 
when we come back, we'll get connected with Luke Johnson and see if he can give me any solace. Good luck, Luke. I'm just so over-the-top angry and frustrated. It'll be hard, but we'll discuss Saints football with Luke next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your own for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, remember our reminder tonight, game two of the ALCS, first pitch 635. And you can hear all the action on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. Also want to remind you, if you want to be one of the first to watch the new movie Black Panther, Wakanda forever, then simply text Panther to 283-8100. Text Panther to 283-8100. This great uh, offer is brought to you by Celebrity Theaters, Sherman Insurance, and The Game. All right, we have with us Luke Johnson of theadvocateandnola.com. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you doing? Oh no, no, no! You know, not, I, I'm I'm jumbled. You know, obviously things are going well for the Astros. I just proclaimed this is probably one of the big, big ten or twelve biggest sports days of my life. The Saints are playing for their season, and the Astros are trying to go up 2-0 in the um, ALCS. So I'm just a jumbled mess right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We'll try to talk you through some of your emotions in this next half hour or so. All right. So, I look, I've heard all week about I, I want to see if you had any of the same thoughts that I did. I, I I heard all week about how bad the tackling was. I'm not arguing that. I, I you know, I heard, you know, it was it was I was shocked because I, I really think the punters are good that, that he shanked the punt and all of that. But. In the moment, I was thinking, you know what? I can't believe he just did that, but I think that gives the Saints a chance to win the game. Uh, when Br- when Bradley Roby missed the tackle, I'm like, boy, that was awful. But I'm like, well, this is actually good because it, it, if those two things don't happen, they're just going to lose 27-26 on the last second field goal and have nothing and nothing they can do about it, right? I mean, did you have that thought? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, they had an opportunity to go, you know, like – if if Drew Brees was the quarterback, you would have been like, hell yeah, <laughs> you know, like good thing they just scored a touchdown here because now we can go score a touchdown of our own and go win the game. But um, the problem is, yeah, you I, have I mean, a game manager at quarterback. Well, yeah, you know, and it's I don't think it's just Andy right now either. You know, they they've got they're extremely shorthanded. You know, a lot of people were upset about the offensive play calling, but it's like, you know, I, I mean, look what they're working with. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought I thought Pete had a had a pretty great game plan going into this and you know obviously they just were not able to to finish off some drives um and that you know that kind of compounded the uh the end of the game problems they had you know i thought that for the first three quarters 
it was by far Pete Carmichael's best performance so far this season in terms of play calling. He's been doing things that I've been asking for for years that haven't happened, even, you know, when when Casper DeQuitter was calling the plays. But, but in the fourth quarter, it's like he just gave up on Batman. So I, I still can't figure it out. He had so much success with it early on. Um, now it wasn't, a, he didn't have the, the, the big play success, but, but, but I, 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 I call it success when Batman drops back and it's, it's third and two and he throws a pass for four yards. That's what you need to do. And they, they finally threw him. So why do you think they went away from him? Was it because, um, I don't know when Andy supposedly got hurt and he thought he might have to play more quarterback or is it cause they stopped him once or twice and he got spooked. I mean, what? I don't get that. Yeah, I wish I had an answer for you. Um, you know, I think uh, I think they're in. You know, they don't really want to say this, but I think they're in a pretty delicate position with with Taysom as their backup quarterback. You know, we kind of saw it last year. Um, you know, where where it's it's like how much how much do you really use him in that scenario when um, when he's when he's your number two? Uh, but they'd use him pretty frequently during the game and and you know they come out and say this week that um their usage of Taysom Hill is not going to change uh because he's going into a game day setting as their number two quarterback obviously James Winston was dressed out um but you know it, it just makes you wonder why um you know if he's having some success and um you know if your entire offense is having some success when Taysom Hill is in there running the football then um where did that go late you know, and you know, especially in the red zone, um, where they just kind of continuously had those collapses late in the game. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a lot of Taysom Hill in that in that area of the field because that's really where he excels. You know, that one play where he kind of—I don't know if it was a full-fledged bootleg, but he kind of rolled to the right and he tried to throw it to Z twenty-eight, but. I think he should have just run the ball right there. So they did use him a little bit, but I don't know. I just think – I don't think in the big plays they utilized him um, um, late in the game. All right. But, but look, all of that is – I'm not going to say nitpicky. They're important issues. But the bottom line is if this this team plays defense like we thought it was going to play defense this year – uh, the record would not be what it is. I mean, this team's played six games. The defense has been completely miserable in three of them. Like, how much of this is just um, Tyron Matthew making business decisions three out of every four plays, and how much of it is just they don't blitz enough? Like, do you have an explanation of how this defense can be this bad? No, and, uh, you know, it was it was our main story in The Advocate today. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, across the board, um, like they're just not making plays. Uh, they're tied for last in the NFL with one interception. Um, they're tied for fourth to last in the NFL with 18 passes defense. They were top 10 in those categories both of the last two years. Um, so not only are they not picking the ball off, they're not even getting their hands in the ball. Um, they're bottom of the league in basically every pressure statistic, bottom 10. Um they're giving up 120 rush yards per game and 4.6 yards per carry. Both of those numbers are the worst by a Saints defense since 2015 when they finished dead last in the NFL in scoring defense and 31st in total defense. Um, you know, I, I mean, no matter what number you look at, you know, across the board, they're just they they are not making plays. 
and this is this unit is exactly what a lot of us had had built our expectations upon. You know, I don't know how many times I said this off season that all the Saints need is a is a competent offense that's not going to screw things up. Well, guess what they have right now? They have a competent a competent offense that's not screwing things up, and they're doing it without all their playmakers, and they're still losing games. And not only that, but this defense has given up the lead in two of those losses. You know, I, I just think that um, it's really, really tough to explain how, you know, when, when this this defense that has, you know, it's had all of its key players in there, and you know, Marshawn's missed one game, but outside of that, everybody else has played every game. You know, unlike the offense that has had to plug guys in every week and, you know, shift things around, they've had Tyron Matthew and, and Marshall Ladmore for five of the six games. Well, they, they haven't had May. May, May, and, May and finally decide to play. I, yeah. I, I wish I had an explanation, but yeah, they've just been bad. And, and I, you know, I got to believe there's some good football left in this defense. And so, you know, it just it just doesn't matter. But I think it goes back to you watch a lot. If you watch other games, teams blitz like the Saints hardly ever blitz. Yeah, and I think they've been blitzing more lately and i don't think they want to do that look when the saints are are at their best they don't have to blitz because their their front four is generating so much pressure um and that just hasn't been the case this year and i think that's why we've seen in the last couple games demario davis coming a lot more we've seen kate nellis we've seen uh pete werner coming in on blitzes and they they've manufactured some sacks that way but i think they've also left themselves open uh, you know, to plays in the passing game, or which is you know why they haven't done it a lot in recent years. They're, they still rank near the bottom of the NFL in like the percentage of snaps they blitz, um, but I, I think they're trying. They're trying to do it more. Um, they're just they're just kind of dealing with the uh, uh, you know, the risk of that. I think quarterbacks against them are, are have like a like a hundred passer rating um, when they're blitzing this year. Yeah, they, they're finding success and they're not, you know, they're not getting generating necessarily a lot more sacks because of it. The, the pro and the other deal is tonight, you know, this defense, even when it was playing well in recent years, uh, struggles with mobile quarterbacks and you're going to be facing one of the top three or four most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL tonight. Now, every other part of their offense has been struggling, but he's still a mobile quarterback. They're going to have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, you know not exactly sure how this is going to go tonight, right? Because of that, yeah, you know, I, I think you know you could be as confident as you want in, in their matchups on the outside, or you know slowing down their ground game or whatever it is, but you know this has been the Saints' defense's kryptonite. Um, the last couple of years, and they're definitely not playing like Superman right now. So, what does that mean? Um, you know, Kyler is uh, Kyler Murray is a great scrambling quarterback. I think he's got like a more than a like 115 rushing yards on scrambles alone this year. Um, he ran for 100 yards against uh, against Seattle last week. So, you know, it's 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 time for them to figure something out there. Uh, and if they don't figure it out tonight. I mean, what, what kind of confidence are you going to have in, in them figuring it out against Lamar Jackson and uh, and Jalen Hurts later in the year? So, I, I mean, something's got to give at some point. Yeah, they're they're either just going to uh, they're going to figure something out, or they're just going to continue to just be the NFL's worst defense against mobile quarterbacks. All right. So, is it true in your mind that Alante Taylor is going to be back, and where could he help potentially? I do think he'll be back. Um, 
the thing I'm really curious about, and I don't know, um, is where they're going to put him on the field. Like I, I think, I think there's a chance that Chris Harris could be, um, you know, a, like a contributing player to this team, but like he was clearly not in football shape, right? They they put him out there last week, and and Cincinnati just like went after him. So I think they needed somebody different in that uh, in that slot defender role. Um, I just don't know whether that's going to be Bradley Roby coming in and playing inside where, where we all kind of thought he was going to play this year uh, and putting Elante Taylor on the outside or if that's going to be Elante Taylor playing the spot. Um, not sure which way they're going to they're going to go with that, but I, I would imagine he has a big role tonight. You know, and and do you think he, he'll – I mean, they need help on special – you think he'll play special teams as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think he'll be out there as a as a gunner on special teams. I think he's. I think he he shows a lot of promise as a as a defensive back, but I, I think he is already a like a, a top tier NFL gunner. I, I don't think they're going to miss out on that that part of things just because he's playing a role on defense. Um, so yeah, I, I would expect him to to play a lot of snaps tonight. All right, we've got a lot more to talk to Luke about. We'll take a timeout, come back with more with Luke Johnson as he tries to calm me down. Uh, Luke, I, I brought up the idea yesterday of maybe since this is such a big day, I need to double or triple my blood pressure medicine, but everyone has told me that would be a very bad idea, so I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It sounds it sounds good to me, but I, I would listen to, to your friends who maybe understand science a little bit better than me. <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back with Luke on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and ineptness or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Before we get back to Luke, want to remind you tonight, today from four to six, crunch time will be at Twin Peaks on Johnson Street. Again, lots to talk about baseball playoffs. One-one uh, in the NLCS. Astros up one game, one to nothing in the ALCS. Saints Cardinals tonight. Essentially, with the season on the line, at least in the minds of most of us. So go by Twin Peaks from four to six. With Miguez and Miguez and Mesh, and they'll have great burgers and drinks and talk lots of sports. Again, from four to six today, Twin Peaks on Johnson Street. Crunch time. All right, before we get back to the Saints, Luke, you're a little younger than me, but you're smarter than me. So explain this to me. Like I, I you know, since when I was young, a minute was a short period of time, and now it's a long period of time. Was it ever a long, a short period of time in your in your thinking? Like in football? 
No, just a minute. You say, oh, I hadn't seen you in a minute. Well, that meant like, you know, 35 seconds ago. But it, now when people say, I haven't seen you in a minute, that means like a year. Not, you know, yeah. like a long yeah. period of time. I, I don't understand that. But the other one that I get me is that I hear all the time now and I'm like did the rules change and I just didn't I just didn't pay attention how, do, do, how often do you hear coaches and players say we played good man I'll have to think about that for a minute happens all the time and I'm like <laughs> I mean I'm talking about college coaches pro coaches high school coaches like my whole life is like we played well and now everyone says we played good you've never noticed that Everyone oh, yeah. says it. I'm I like, I must have missed the memo it's here. Like, look, and not only that, but um, I mean, it's a it's a terrible quote, you know. So I notice it and I never use it because <laughs> a it's it's it you know it, grammatically it just sucks and uh, and and b it's just like hey, you know give me a little something more than that. And again, please. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not like you know when people say when. Most of the time, when they say bad grammar, I just you know I just gloss over it. I, I, it's not that I'm an, a, some sort of grammar elitist, but it's just it's like everyone says it. So I'm like, I must have missed the memo that that's the way you're supposed to say it. Now it's just crazy. Yeah, they probably they probably got the uh, the coach and player handbook for how to respond to questions. Everybody's studying and making sure they're they're acing their tests when they go out and talk to the media and they say they play good. Crazy. All right. It, what chance do you give it that? All three quarterbacks will play tonight. Uh, I would say uh, probably zero. Um, and look, I, I, I wasn't there. Um, I wasn't there for practice yesterday. We got out to Phoenix a little early, um, so I, I wasn't able to really see. Um, you, you're usually usually reporters have a pretty good idea on the last practice of the week, right? Of, of who's going to play. Um, just kind of based on you know the little short um, window we have in the in the practice and, and you know seeing them line up and everything like that. Yeah, we, we can't report that stuff, but you know we have a, we have a pretty good idea. Uh, I wasn't there yesterday, so I'm I'm just kind of going off of my gut. Um, but uh, I, I would say I'd be surprised if Jameis Winston gets into a game. Um, like he, he was healthy enough to be the emergency quarterback last week, but I think that was out of uh, absolute necessity and desperation because they needed the roster spots for receivers. Um, so, um, you know, I, I would think that it, it makes a lot of sense to me if you've got 10 days coming up between today and your next game um, to give it that 10 days and, and let Jameis really fully get back healthy before he gets back on the field. So you kind of guessing for seeing him starting the next game? I would think so. I would think so. But like, look, I, I think this is, you know, you go back and listen to every single one of Dennis Allen's comments when he's like been pressed on this. Um, and I think you can read between the lines and say, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a 100% certainty that, that Jameis is a starter when he's healthy. I, look, I, I think that's what's going to happen. Right. But I mean, he's, he's being very opaque with these answers you know, and he's he's not he's not just straight up saying like yes, Jameis is our starter when he's healthy. So I mean, to me, it makes sense, right? If Jameis is your starter going into the season, um, you know, you know what he can do when he's healthy. Um, you let him get back in there and show what he can do when he's healthy. And this is a big season for Jameis too, right? Humongous. Um, but but like but look, I mean, if Andy Dalton goes out there and has a really good game and the team wins. 
I think he's played pretty well when he hasn't, you know, had really any receivers to throw to. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I just I, think I, he there has might be a, There might be a chance that they just stick with him. I, yeah, I just, I, I, I just, don't know. It, this is a really, it's a really strange situation to be in for both players. I think. I, I think it's hard to game manage yourself to a four or five game winning streak, which is what they're going to need to do at some point to get back here or win four out of five or five out of six. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it can work. But anyway, let me ask you this. For Batman, because he didn't really practice at quarterback, and it's not a new system, but it is a little bit, I guess, of a, you know, a little different emphasis when you – how if Dalton goes down early, say, how is Batman really ready to be the quarterback right now? Well, I don't know. I, I think I think he's ready enough, right? Like he's he's been in this offense for a long time. Obviously, he's, he's not. Um, you know, when, when he's in this this kind of multi-purpose role, you know, we've seen in the past that. Um, yeah, they've they've like when when Drew got hurt against San Francisco, for instance, right? Taysom Hill was a quarterback, like he didn't have tight end next to him, and he was a quarterback. But he, you know, the whole game plan was was with him, you know, moving all over the field, and and they were like, okay, we're not going to disrupt that part and take all of those plays out, so we're going to put Jameis Winston in. I don't know if that's the case right now. Um, you know, if if Andy goes down, I, I think maybe it would be Taysom. Yeah, you know, last week, even though Taysom had the big package for. You know, being all over the field, uh, Dennis Allen said he was their number two in case Andy got hurt, um, and Jameis was only available in in, uh, in an emergency scenario where, where both guys are are down. So I would think um, that they're baking this in, um, even though you know, Taysom is obviously a huge part of what they do. And, and look, if they when when a player goes down, you, you take like all of that stuff that that like all the formations that he's he's supposed to be in there for, like all that stuff goes out the window. So they they limit themselves a lot by putting Taysom at quarterback, but I think they're kind of baking this in as a possibility. So yeah, I, I think they would be able to to put him in there um, if Andy goes down. I, I don't think that would entirely entirely tank what they would do it as it kind of had in previous previous years. And then one of the other things we've been talking about is Troutman. He finally kind of starts to get a few nibbles and maybe starting to pick up some steam, and he gets hurt walking across the back of the line of scrimmage. Like, it's just unbelievable. Well, all right, so Troutman actually got hurt the play before. Um, he was engaged with a blocker, or he was engaged blocking somebody, and basically – when Taysom made a guy miss, like in the hole, you kind of talked to Trumpman about this. Like, as a football player, you're supposed to like chop your feet when you're in blocks for this reason exactly, uh, so so your feet don't get pinned by somebody else when they're falling to the ground. And he was blocking Trey Hendrickson, and it was like a big guy, right? And he just like for a split second locked his feet up. His feet were planted in the ground, and that's when the guy rolled over it. So he sprained his ankle. It's a high ankle sprain, and um. He was trying to, to give it a go, and you know they, they said the play call, and he's, he's like, okay, I have to go in motion. When he when he did, he just realized he wasn't going to be able to go, so he, he just fell, and they were able to call an injury timeout. Right, but he he didn't, he didn't actually get hurt on the on the motion, which is what a lot of people thought, you know, because when I saw it, I was like, oh man, he just you know non contact, he just tore well, I thought it was like an Achilles, yeah, that's what I thought initially, yeah, 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 yeah. but it was it was it, it happened on the play before. 
and he tried to get it's not like a serious ankle sprain like a severe ankle sprain like a high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out for you know like eight weeks or whatever um but yeah i do think he's going to be required to miss some time beyond today Jawan is really looking good yeah yeah i think Jawan. um yeah i don't think he gets enough credit for you know how he completely reshaped who he is as a football player um, because you know they've they've tried having this before, where they convert a, a, like a big-bodied wide receiver to tight end and have him kind of be the the move tight end, right? The guy you put out in space and try to have like a matchup advantage. But I, I think Juwan doesn't get nearly enough credit for how far he's come as as just like a a no kidding tight end, right? Like an inline tight end, somebody you can use to block. Um, he's a really good football player. Yeah, I think they really found something in him, and I think he's only going to continue to get better because he's only been doing this now for you know, a year and a half. Man, if they could just get a few wins, I still think all the pieces are there. It's just if you don't win, it's not going to matter. Well, look, and now is the time to do it, right? They've got an Arizona team this week that I don't think is very good, and it's a challenge going across the country and playing on three days rest um, you know, on the road. Uh, but I, I think this is a winnable game. Like, you know, so they've got this one. Um, who do they have next week? I think next week is Baltimore. This could be a challenge, right? Um, but then they've got uh, they've or no next week is uh, the Raiders. Vegas, Vegas. Yeah. So you know, Vegas. I think that's a winnable game. <clears throat> then they have Baltimore. Then they have Pittsburgh. I, I think three out of those four, you can say okay, like if. If this Saints team is anywhere close to who we thought it would be, right, and and if they if they are playing it anywhere close to what they're capable of, I think they they could win three out of the next four, right. Um, but this is a crucial stretch for them because, like after that, you know, they got a lot of better teams on their schedule, right. Um, and, and they only have one game the rest of the season. Eleven games left. They only have one game against a team that currently owns a winning record. But I think there's a lot of challenging opponents in there. I think the 49ers are really good. I think they're going to have a hard time winning that game. I think, uh, you know, the, who knows what the Rams are going to be, but, you know, I, I think you can probably count on them improving a little bit. Um, you know, they've got some tough games on the schedule. I, I think this is this is a really, really key stretch for them to try to string some wins together otherwise. Um, and, and, no, I, yeah, it's, I, I it's agree. It's going to be hard to, to get out of it. No, I agree. And, and the truth of the matter is the Saints are already 2-5 and five because they have – as much chance of beating the Eagles as I do of being president of the United States. <laughs> I mean, know, they have I mean, no crazy, chance of, win, of winning in the NFL. It would be, it would be just absolutely hilarious to me if they scuffle the rest of the way through the year and, you know, they're a bad team and then they beat the Eagles in week 17. Uh, we can have a laugh about that next year when, when the sadness is stopped. Oh, that they have zero. I mean, if they played in New Orleans, they typically win them in the Superdome. But it, it, this is like it was like that with the Bears. It seemed like forever. Every time the Saints played the Bears, it was in Chicago, and now it's like every time they play Philly, it's in Philly. They have zero chance of winning in Philly. But anyway, that's way down the road. We'll, they got to get enough wins between now and then for that to matter. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Uh, think about me tonight. It's going to be a rough one. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll get through it, man. I, I I have full faith in you. We'll talk next week. All right, thank Luke. Yeah, Luke Johnson. You know he's just so calm all the time, and just I envy that sometimes how calm he is all the time. 
Of course, his little Brewers didn't make the playoffs, so you don't have to worry about all the postseason pressure and every pitch. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1, visit Heritage Housing, located 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. Swing by, register, spin the wheel, talk some sports with RP3 and Winston McNeese State football tickets. If you That sounds good to you. Again, from 11 to 1, at Heritage Housing, 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. All right. I know it's a day where we're talking a lot about the Saints. They play the Cardinals tonight, essentially with their season on the line. Uh, Saint, the Astros, I should say, play game two of the ALCS tonight. Framber Valdez against Luis Severino. Uh, Astros need to win. I mean, look, last night's win was great, but when you do when you're doing this 2-3-2 format in a 7-game series, you really need to win your two home games and hold serve. You really need to. Uh now, you know, my goal, I mean, obviously I'd like the Astros to win every game. It's probably not going to happen. So, they need to win this game and just win at least one of the three in Yankee Stadium. That way, when you come home, you don't have to win both six and seven at home like they had to in 2017. So we don't, they don't want to do that. You know, they need to. It, it's critical that they win tonight's game. Critical. Um, But while we're talking, you know, mostly about baseball and football like normal, the NBA has begun, and I did at least pay attention. Um, obviously, the Pelicans look like they're going to be very good. Like, not just good. It's possible they're going to be very good. And our friend Lewis, is, I don't even know if he slept. Like, you think Lewis actually slept? I mean, he's probably so fired up. Uh, not only did the Pelicans win by 22 points on the road, you know, Zion went 25 and nine rebounds and three assists, and Ingram at 28 and McCollum at 21, and the big guy at 13, 15 and 13. And I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know they could have drawn it up any better in terms of if you're a Pelican fan getting really fired up about what's going on after an offseason and a playoff run that had them fired up already. And, uh, wow, again, I'm not the NBA fan like I used to be. I'm not down on the NBA. I just, I, you know, I've explained it many times. I'm just, I just, I struggle enough with football and, ba- and basket and baseball. I, I just cannot handle basketball from an officiating standpoint. But uh, I, I would be dead already. But the, um, but there's no question the Pelicans look look like they're in for a very exciting season and what a great start. Uh, I guess it would I guess the only thing that would have been better is if it happened at home, but it, it's you know on the road, it's great to get road wins and to be able to win by that many points and to have Zion look that good and you know Ingram be Ingram and McCollum I mean McCollum be McCollum and it's just 
going to be an exciting year for the Pelican fans. And so we'll certainly be monitoring that. But, you know, a lot, for a lot of people, the opening day, you know, they start paying attention to the NBA on the big Christmas Day schedule. And for some of us, that's a little bit further after that. But it's um, going to be definitely interesting and excited. I'm, I'm excited for the Pelican fans like Lewis who have been there from the very beginning and and have not given up and went through all the frustration. And, you know, and if they're as good as everybody thinks they're going to be and that it looks like they're going to be, you know, I think most of us just assume Zion was going to be gone as soon as he can. Might not want to leave this team now if it's as good as it looks like it's going to be. So um, good for the Pelicans and off to a great start. And, again, we're not going to talk as until football season is over um, as much. But uh, they, they, it's going to be – they're going to demand – some attention because they look really, really good. The prospects, anyway, look really, really good. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. I'm on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, this first segment is a good time to do so. We will be talking a little fantasy football with the guru after that. And then the third segment, we'll have open phone lines. So, not a lot of time for open phone lines in the first hour. Will be a couple of windows. If you would like to get in, comment on the Astros win over the Yankees last night. Uh, or if you got to, I didn't get to see it. It was in the afternoon. It was a really busy day yesterday for me. And so I didn't get to really follow or see much of the, I, the, of the Phillies and the Padres yesterday. I did see that the Phillies kind of gave away some runs early. I lost a ball in the sun and, and things like that, and a little couple little dink and dunk hits. Um, must be nice to get a few dink and dunk hits and drive in a run uh, with a runner in scoring position. But but the obviously the Padres came roaring back and won eight to five. So that series is even one and one on the NLCS side. And I, I just don't know what to think of that series. I mean, how does anyone know what to think? Anything that's going on in the National League so far in this postseason. So it is. Um, you know, I've been asked if the Astros win, who would you rather play? And I, you know, I don't know. I've got, I've got postseason loss history with both. 1980, first time the Saints ever made the playoffs. They lost to the Phillies, and you know, arguably the best five game series ever. Um, then in 98, which was the best team that the Astros had ever had until like this run was um, they, you know, they got Randy Johnson. Everything was going great. And they got beat by Brown in the Padres. So I don't know. I just don't know. All right. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Listen, Kevin, I want to point out something to 
those non-believers of baseball. You know, let me just tell you how great postseason baseball is. I have a wife, Kevin, she's a 30-year coach's wife, but cares absolutely nothing about sports. You know, mm-hmm. she went to LSU, so she'll watch it at LSU. Now, my daughter's now in Houston, so we've been to the, a few Astros games since she's been there in two years. And there's my daughter and I, who my oldest daughter and I, who are the, the sports. That's how sports is our thing, you know. So, last night, my daughter's at the game last night with her, <clears throat> Kevin, with her soon, well, let's just say, Probably my future son-in-law, who's a Yankees fan. Oh, you gotta, you gotta, oh, you gotta ask the the initial questions. He's such a, I'm sorry, he's such a good boy. Otherwise, I just, man, I I can't, I can't ostracize him for for that. You know, but anyway. Where's he from? Where's he from? He's from Baton Rouge. His grandfather, listen, look at him. His grandfather got drafted and played for a, Minute, oh, oh, wait, no, for a short period of time. <laughs> but minute does come in, does actually pertain in this, a minute in the in the Yankee form system for like a year, and then he got hurt. So that's kind of where I got that comes from. So I anyway, got you. Anyway, so my wife's sitting there because my daughter and, you know, and her boyfriend are at the game. So, of course, my wife's interested. You know, she some, somehow thinks we'll see them in the stands or something, you know. <laughs> so. She's just there through the whole game. Now, she's looking at the phone. We get to the end, and Presley comes in with the two, you know, the man on, and she's like, well, after, after uh, Rizzo hits the home run, she says, man, they, they got a man on, and they, they could tie the game. I said, yeah. <laughs> so then they got, they got two men on. She says, oh, my goodness, if they hit a home run, they could be ahead. I said, yes. <laughs> so I, I, thought the, I thought the game was over. I said, no, you got a foot. Oh, mentality. You think we have by three scores and the game's over. So, listen, you're pressing. And I'm, Kevin, of course, saying, oh, my God, pressing, man. If he walks, he's going to walk somebody, babe. Just watch. You watch. He's going to walk somebody because that's his MO. And I'm like, you, that's probably his best outing. Oh, I know. I hadn't seen him pitch like that in two years. Just lights out. Yeah. And so when it's over, she's like, oh, my God, I can't. I can't watch that again. That's too much pressure. I said, exactly. That's the beauty of postseason baseball. Oh, it's you know, just she said, every she said, well, when we go to the other games, I, I said, no, 162, you don't have that pressure every day at 162. You, they'd all be dead. We'd all, we'd all die, yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I, that's just an example for people of how great postseason baseball is. Yeah, it's you know? great. And let me wrap up, Kevin, by saying this, and man, I, I don't want to. I hate to tell you this, but and listen, as, you know, as Luke said, it is the NFL, so you don't know what can happen. Jeez, how you see any scenario, Kevin, where unless Batman comes in and plays great tonight, or that we can win? My gosh, I just have. I, well, yeah, I mean, I I, again, I, I think the Saints are better, but that doesn't mean they're going to win well, because they they're they're I just know, a dysfunctional mess right now. No, but the they they, is, they can win. Well, they, yeah, they can, and because it, only because it's NFL. If it was college football, you'd say no chance. Well, but but NFL, but but, but the win, Cardinals but, are man, dysfunctional. Say, but Manny, the Cardinals are you got two dysfunctional teams going at it right I now. I know, I know, but listen, everything's on the upside for the Cardinals. They're getting Hopkins back. You know, I don't know if this guy's actually going to play from the Pan, uh, from the Panthers, but. 
I mean, everything's kind of on the upside for them, and and we the mobile quarterback thing. Oh, I'm I'm like you about about this game. I, I'm just I'm a basket. I'm just disgusting with the whole well, how bad the defense is. The season's over. You know, I know you can't. You don't want to say the season's over, but it's not win. You're two and five. I mean, it's and like you say, you got another loss almost automatically. Yeah, you ain't you ain't, be, you ain't winning in Philly. You're not already two and five. Not you're two and ten when you play them, I mean, then you might surprise them. But yeah. I mean, if it if you to compare to scenario, you're not beating Philly. So, picks. I mean, you know, you just. I mean, it, it's not. It, not, it, it not, it's not, pitiful. Let me get to another caller. Thank you. All right, Kim. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, Kevin. This is Mark. Yeah, how you want to win, guy? Oh. And boy, this week is a doozy. Uh, you know, T- Taysom Hill. Yeah, Alave's back. Yeah. We need some, maybe some help from the referee again. We'll take it. And, you know, I'm thinking that our defense has got some problems, but they're so wrecked on the Cardinals. I've watched every game of the Cardinals. You know, I don't know why I've been looking at them. I just happened to see their games. And, man, they are nothing special. Yeah, I know we got our problems, but I'm going to ask you how you'd like to win. And, look, with the Astros, man, we're looking so good. And like you said, though, it's time for uh, little Sue D to step up and yes. start producing. I mean, yes. You know. He okay, needs to. I'll listen, Kevin. Thank you. Right. Uh, I think the answer to the question is turnover fest. Uh, it's time to sack the quarterback. We need like a sack fumble. Need a, you know, pick up a pass and maybe run it back for a touchdown. It, 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 I think I want it with. The defense forcing turnovers and sacks, and it needs to be. I, I want to win on a turnover fest. That's what it needs to be. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. Uh, man, I, I got two questions for it. Well, actually, just one. But uh, first being, uh, I think. What Anna needs to do, she needs to go back to school, become a neuro a neurosurgeon because uh and then once she graduates, send her Paul's way. Because, man, that man's suffering from a severe concussion if he thinks that the Yankees got any shot against the Astros. Well, you think he's gonna be all right after tonight? After well, they go down two old to the Astros? Probably not, but it's gotta happen first. I need it to happen, you need it to happen, and, and really Paul needs it to happen. He just don't realize it yet. Right. Now, second question being, is there some unwritten rule or some written rule in baseball where you can't support more than one team? Well, that I you- mean, there, there is no rule. I mean, again, you, you, we know who you're a fan of, but, but, but you, you, there actually there is. The rule is you're a fan, you know, the old, you're a fan of two teams. You're a fan of the Red Sox and whoever plays the Yankees. Right. Right. So, but I always- yeah. I always did like the Astros, you know. Jeff Bagwell always was my favorite Astro, you know. Back in the day, I grew up in the uh, watching uh, That's a good the one Astros to pick. game. I yeah. actually, I got to go to the Astrodome and watch uh, them play the Braves uh, when the Braves had Glavin and Maddox and all of them, and I was pulling for the Astros. But uh, but yeah, just this you might want to just check on them after tonight after the uh, Astros go up 2-0 on his Yankees but I've been warning him all season long so he can't yeah. say I, oh no he I can't be surprised him, so, so. yeah he can't be surprised yes sir have a good one thank take you, care take my call. thank you and just make sure it happens again I 
I'm not as confident as Morton is that that the that the Astros are going to win the series. I think they should win the series, but again, it's just it just makes any time in a competitive situation that it just looks oh, so overwhelmingly obvious that one team is going to win. It's a red. I, this is a red flag series for me. I just it just makes too much sense that the Astros are going to win and they should win because they're better and they match up better. All of that, all of that makes sense. But that's when the red flag goes up to me. It's almost like, oh, is this really going to happen? It, it just, it needs to. It needs to. All right, let's take one more uh, visit to the game hotline before we get to some fantasy football with the guru. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir. Oh. Hey, you going to be doing some flicking tonight? Or? Well, the problem is I don't even think you can flick. Like, from what I oh, understand, yeah, the, you can't really prize. flick with this Amazon Prime stuff. Who thought it is junk? I mean, I I don't know what I'm going to do. It's pretty smart on their part. I mean, like, you pretty much forced it. Well, not forced, but they're going to get more viewership for their commercials and they can promote anything they want for the most part. I think, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to rig it up where I can do one on the computer and one on the TV, and we'll see how it works. Go. Man. I mean, Not I won't in, be the uh, one rigging it. I won't be the one rigging it. My daughter or wife will be doing it. But uh, one of my daughters or wife will be doing it. But hopefully they can get that done for me. They told me they can. We'll see. So something's telling me about the Saints game tonight. I think we're going to win. And I think it's going to be probably our best game of the season. I think we're going to win handily. Not like the the problem that I'm worried about. See, like the Cardinals are missing Marquise Brown, right? And that's like... His go-to guy, right? Is he for sure not playing? Yeah, I, from what I've heard, he's gonna miss at least six weeks. Uh, or it's four to six weeks, something like that. And he, he, and the running back's not. He hadn't been practicing right. either. Connor. James Conner's gonna be yeah. out too, right? So the whole Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun, Dondre uh, Hopkins coming back. Can they just like flip a switch and be on the same page? Well, I hope not, and and, and you right. can't let that one guy beat you. Like, you just can't let that think, happen. Right. I think what I'm more worried about, as far as the wide receiver goes, is Rondell Moore. You know, he, he's he's a fast guy now, you know. He, he's a, a speedster and, like, yeah. you know. got to talk. I just don't want him beat. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I think Chris Olave coming back is, like, it's huge. Something's telling me that that we're gonna have the best offensive game. Like it was there last week. We just settled for field goals. I think we're turning field goals into touchdowns. The last week. two weeks, the offense was plenty good enough to be two and zero. Like the the offense, I understand they didn't finish in the red zone, but the offense still did enough in the last two weeks. You're supposed to be winning both of those games. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the defense is just miserable right now. Just a miserable think, mess. Dude, Alante Taylor before he went out, he was playing pretty well. Oh, I think he's a good football player. Yeah, I'm hoping he plays well. Yes. So, I mean, like, that's positive stuff. And I think this week we're going to turn field goals into touchdowns. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I you hope know. you're right. Anyways. I hope you're right. Yep, and go Strolls. All right. I'll be watching things. Hey, uh, Jeremy Pena, he came up pretty Jeremy good. Jeremy Pena, uh, unbelievable. Yes. Outsta- he's yeah. been outstanding the whole postseason. Oh, dude, and Presley, man, that dude was knocking him down. Oh, that was awesome. Like, that made me feel much better. Yes. 
<laughs> All right, Kevin. Thanks. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and get hooked up with the guru for some fantasy football talk next on The Game. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, for those of us who are struggling right now, a good gumbo would help. The Realtor Assist Association of Acadiana is hosting its annual gumbo cook-off at Park International on Wednesday the 26th from 5 to 7. It's a family-friendly event. There'll be a Halloween costume contest, music by... Rouge Crew, and, of course, Great Gumbo, where 26 teams of area realtors are going to be competing for the title of Best Gumbo. Tickets cost $10, and you can purchase with cash only at the event. The proceeds will benefit three local charities, Maddie's Footprints, Habitat for Humanity, and Lane's Legacy. So come out, eat some great gumbo, help some local charities, have some holiday Halloween fun, with the Realtor Association of Acadiana's annual gumbo cook-off on Wednesday, October the 26th. All right, we have with us the Guru. Guru, are you hanging in there? Because I'm I'm struggling right now. Just I'm a complete nervous mess. Oh, I bet you are, Kevin. We got a lot going on, man. We got the Saints tonight, the Strews, the Pelicans starting up. So much going on right now. It's Pretty hectic, but uh, but yeah, hanging in there, man. It's uh, it's crazy but fun at the same time. And I'm about to enter my first week without Josh Allen as my quarterback. Yeah, this is uh, this is by Mageddon as far as there's just so many good players out. You know, the Eagles on by, Bills on by, Vikings on by, Rams. The Rams are the worst team of those four. It's crazy to think because there's just so many strong. Must start players out. So yeah, this is a wild week to, uh, to navigate because there's just a lot of a lot of tough start fit decisions with a lot of the obvious starts not at, there. All right. So what do you think is going to happen with the Patriots quarterback situation? Well, the latest I just read is that Mac Jones is supposed to play. But can we really trust that? I don't know. It's Bill Belichick. We all know he likes to send these like mixed signals and just just lies, basically. So we don't know what to expect there. So I personally would just stay away from that because it's a Monday night, and if you get burned, if you have Mac Jones and you get burned with him and your, as your starter and they go with Zappi, then it's like it's just not worth it because the matchup against the Bears is probably going to be an ugly low-scoring game. So just stay away from that situation. But but don't you think Zappi would be one of the candidates because he's been playing pretty well and the Bears aren't exactly – now, they're pretty good defensively, but they're not exactly a great football team. So, it's like, if you're going to plug and play a guy, Zappi wouldn't – if he plays, wouldn't be a bad choice, it wouldn't seem like. Yeah, we knew he was going to play, but it's just like Mac Jones. They could go back to Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones was their first-round pick and wasn't that bad prior to the injury. So, it's, it's – yeah, if we knew who was starting, I'd agree. But considering it's a Monday night and Belichick always waits to the last minute, I mean – 
just makes it one to avoid. All right, so um, what do you think of the Dak situation from a pure fantasy standpoint? Does that, um, you know, if Dak is back, does that like really kind of raise up some of his teammates bigger than they were before? Yeah, I think so. And he comes back at a great time this week against Detroit to where I think it'll really raise up Michael Gallup. C.D. Lamb's already been solid. I think the main one that benefits is Gallup to where he's now a pretty solid flex play. And then the running game, you know, Tony Pollard might do a little better. Zeke, I don't expect much change. And then Schultz is still not healthy. So whenever Schultz gets healthy, he'll get boosted. But for now, if uh, assuming Schultz is out, then that uh, Jake Ferguson – could be a sneaky tight end stream. Man, the, the tight ends, you know, I'm always high in the draft on tight ends, and Hawkinson helped me win one game. He had, like, one miracle Hall of Fame game, and he hadn't done anything since then or before then. And, you know, Waller got hurt, and, you know, Kittle's not really been good. I mean, it's not been – am I missing? Or is it's not really other than – I mean, obviously, Kelsey is great. Um, but yeah, Kelsey and Andrews, but, but I mean, it's just, it's not been a good tight end year. No, it's been a terrible tight end. Year. Yeah. I mean, pitch has been terrible. He was usually the third tight end after Kelsey and Andrews and, you know, yes, yeah, Schultz has been banged up. So yeah, pretty much all the guys drafted behind Kelsey and Andrews have pretty much stunk. Yeah. It's been a really down year for the position, which normally isn't that great to begin with, but it's, yeah, I agree. It's been exceptionally bad this year to where I wish I had more Kelsey and Andrews. I'm doing pretty well overall in my league, but that's the one thing I wish I'd have done more of is got made sure to prioritize them and like if they would fall to like the late second, early third round because they're proven to be. I mean, the way they're playing, they should have been first round picks because they give you such a positional advantage. All right, Seattle was starting to look like a team. And I know you're down on Geno, but they were starting to look like an offensive team with no defense, and they played the Cardinals last week, and is what nineteen to nine. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what do you, what do you? I mean, if you, if you, if you could pick up Geno, would you do it? Uh, probably not this week. I mean, maybe if you're in a, in a desperate situation, but I'm thinking the Chargers play really well this week against Seattle. It's one of my favorite bets of the week. So there's a, there's a lot of close games projected, but I think that's one that's going to be a fairly – I think it'll probably be a blowout because I think Herbert's going to – I love Justin Herbert this week because the Seahawks defense, I know they played well last week, but it was against Kyler Murray, who's been pretty awful this year. So, uh, But that Geno, they might get some garbage time. If the game script goes, as I'm thinking, the Chargers should get off to a big lead, especially if Keenan Allen can come back, if Herbert is top weapon. So, Gino, you're going to be banking on garbage time probably, which you could get because they aren't afraid to sling it. But it's just one of those deals to where I wouldn't be super thrilled. Well, is there uh, any other matchup that besides that one that you like? Sound like you're high on the Chargers and Herbert in that matchup when Seattle's defense for the most part has been bad. Yes. So, are you – is there any other matchup that you really like? Yeah, yeah, the Cowboys Lions matchup should be pretty fantasy friendly. Uh, Falcons Bengals should be fairly fantasy friendly. Uh, shoot the Browns Ravens possibly, although Lamar is kind of banged up, so that one might not be as much as we're thinking. Texans Raiders 
could be good. Both defenses aren't too good, and neither offense has been great. But um, you know that could be a good bounce back for some of those guys. What about Tua being back against the Steelers? Just when we thought the Steelers were the worst team in football, they won. And yep. so, like, you know, well, I don't know really what to think of that matchup. Yeah, I think I think two is a good play this week. You know, they'll be at home, and you know, they should be back. I would think they, but the concern how bad his concussion was, they wouldn't have cleared him unless they know over 110% that he's good. So, that's just when he's. Which, I mean, I, I just, like I said, they're going to be extra cautious. So, considering they cleared him already, he should be ready. And the Steelers' secondary stinks. I think the last week was more of a product of the Bucks offense being off. You know, their O-line's not good. As we saw, Brady was yelling at them, and they just they, – their offense is just bad right now. And the Dolphins' offense is, is firing on all cylinders. And if it wasn't for a turnover or two against the Vikings, they may have won that game without Tua. So, I'm thinking this week with Tua, they should put up a lot of points against Pittsburgh. Now – the Chiefs are playing the Cheaters. And, you know, the Cheaters, that was like, wow. I mean, they, they didn't just get beat. They, they were never really in that game. I mean, they got crushed by the Falcons. And so, uh, but they're normally pretty good defensively. And other than Kelsey and obviously Mahomes, like, um, you know, I got Juju Smith-Schuster. And so, some weeks he does okay and some weeks he doesn't do anything. So what do you think of him? Yeah, I think Juju's a pretty good play this week because the 49ers defense is banged up. I think they could they could hang though because they've got a lot of weapons there. I you broke out last week. I like him and of course Debo and Kittle. You got to play them and then Jeff Wilson should bounce back. The Chiefs defense isn't that great against the run or the pass. So this should this could be another high scoring affair here because Mahomes shouldn't have too much trouble with the Niners defense banged up. This is uh, yeah, that was one of the highest over-under totals of the week set by Vegas. So, yeah, that one one could be high scoring, too. All right. So, other than Zappi, is there any other quarterback that's kind of just starting or been, you know, maybe not be picked in a lot of leagues that's worth picking up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo in that matchup, if it ends up as high scoring as we're thinking, I think he could be a solid streamer of, Matt Ryan against Tennessee. You know, Tennessee's defense hasn't been too good, and the Colts have been throwing more lately. And uh, Davis Mills, if you want a real deep start through Davis Mills against the Raiders, could be sneaky. Man, I'm having to depend on Ryan Tannehill this week. I sure hope he can get me at least two touchdown passes, but I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, he might. That game, that game's like the total set pretty low. You know, both teams like to run, but that, that could end up with more points than we're thinking. And I'm in a pickle because the uh, one of my kickers is on a bye and the other one's hurt, Hopkins. You know, he, he limped around and kicked all these field goals, and now he hurt himself. Oh, he'll be okay. The Bozo. You know, the Chargers, they don't kick long anyway because they always want to go for it. So, they just, if somebody gets a short kick, he'll be fine. All righty, Guru. Uh, oh, just think about me tonight because it's going to be a rough one going to be a rough one. For sure. I, th- I think the Saints get it done. I, I do. I mean, I think they're uh, – I feel, I feel like they're a pretty good value. They're the underdog on the betting line. I think they, I think they could get it done. Uh, I really do. I know it would probably be Dalton from what it's looking like. But, I mean, like you said with Nick just before I went on the offenses, he's done his part the past two weeks. It's the I defense. Like as long as, 
Yeah, yeah, it's a defense, and as long as they can contain Kyler Murray, which most teams have been able to do. I know the Saints struggle against mobile quarterbacks, but the way Kyler Murray's been playing not very good, I would think the Saints should be able to hold them to less than 20 and get the win. Let's hope. I need a daily double. I need the Astros and the Saints to win, and it'll be one of the more, if that happens, it's going to be one of the most glorious mornings ever tomorrow but we've got a long way to go before that i appreciate the uh your time as always sir thank you very much for sure kevin yeah all right we'll see i'm actually six and oh in fantasy but it's my first week without josh allen and i won't have a kicker available and so uh you know i don't know how that's gonna go you know we'll see maybe i just shaws this week I mean, that's what I should do. Could be a, could be a, could be the week to do that. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8:15 a.m. and 3:15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, join the game clubhouse today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, $50 to Half Shell Oyster House, or maybe $25 to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can't win if you don't join. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, we have with us an old friend. Mr. Tom, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Kevin. How are you doing? I know you enjoyed that game like I did last night. Well, I, I enjoyed it after the fourth inning. I was a little nervous when Verlander started, you know, 40 pitches in the first couple of innings. But, man, when he got it together, <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer, man. It, it was nice. Oh, when he got it, when he started rolling that 11th straight or whatever it was, Man, I mean, the Yankees struck out 17 times. I mean, how do you do that in a, a championship series? How do you strike out 17 The Yankees times? are – they've been really good. Mr. Bobby's been telling me for years how good the Yankees are at striking out. So, they, they've been really – got a lot of practice for it, apparently. Man, I mean, they just take a big swing every time, and it's just part of that, you know, that mentality that, that, that pervades baseball today. And we've talked about it back and forth. That home run mentality, that's pretty much the way everything gets won. I mean, five home runs last night, you know, six runs scored. Yeah. And the only, and ironically, the only one that knocked in a run without a home run was Candy, and he normally can't hit a lick. Exactly. I mean, that, and, and of course, and Bregman should have gotten, I mean, that was a great catch by Judge. Yeah, but, I thought Bregman had a double right there. I did. I mean, I said, this is, you know, oh, I said, man, Judge covered a lot of ground. Without Hicks, I mean, if they put Stanton in the outfield, that's a, that's a real liability there. I mean, you know, that's not not good. <laughs> I don't think he'll play the outfield at Yankee Stadium, but, no, you know, you don't don't, so, here, no. again, you don't have a lot of ground to cover at Minute Maid Park, but it is tricky when you get around the corner right there. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, people misjudge what it's doing. Right. And I think that was probably part of it. But I want to get to the uh, National League Series. Isn't that a classic example? The first game that the 
that the Padres played. A classic example of them beating the Dodgers. That was their World Series. Yes. And coming in flat in the first game. Yes. That's exactly what happened to them. They had a medicine I mean, Zach, game. Yes. Yeah, Zach Wheeler looked like, you know, I don't know. Now Zach Wheeler's That's good, and he's had a, he's good, and he's had a good season. But I I definitely think they were flat, and and you know we'll see if the whole season, series turns out that way. Like I, well, I, I yesterday after they were down four to nothing in the first inning, and Blake was having so much trouble, and I was saying, oh man, what is San Diego? Man, <laughs> when they got rolling. You got you saw what happened with them. I no, mean, I mean they, they have good bounce. hitters. They have good hitters. Ooh, and I, I'm I'm telling that National League series is a real, a real great series, and it's going to be a great series. I hope it goes seven. I think it'll go seven too. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, they neither one of them has the pitching enough to. I think I hope it goes seven with a couple yeah. extra inning games. Well, that might even work. You know, yeah. maybe an 18 inning like we. Yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> We had to play four games to get into the uh, to the CS. Huh? Isn't that nice? <laughs> four games. But anyway, uh, that was really cool. Um, can I call you about the Breeders' Cup next week? Or uh, absolutely. We had planned it. Absolutely. Breeders' Cup yeah. is coming up. Now, what's the, the dates are like November 5th uh, or something? November 5th. Yeah, okay. Friday is the juveniles, and Saturday is the real horses. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Great. Thank hopefully, you, I'm, hopefully, you, I'm, hopefully, we're all smiles by then. <laughs> well, I'm going to try. That's all there is to it. All right. And I don't like to lose. I'm like, I'm like Riley. I don't like to lose. No, losing is not fun. Not fun at all. And and if they are losing, I'll need the distraction to talk a little horse racing. So it'll be all good. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Mr. Tom, if you remember around Kentucky Derby time, he, he filled us in on a lot of that and He's a big baseball guy, too, historian. and um, No, it was a great victory last night. But, again, you got to win again tonight. Just got to win again tonight. All right. Uh, if you would like to get in as well, the game hotline, 706-0111. But right now, I wanna, we've been doing this, and it's Thursday, so it's a little – it's a little um, – crammed because it's a busy week but i wanted to do it anyway the 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 saints are playing the cardinals tonight the cardinals are one of the few teams i remember saying the buffalo bills are a team that's never really done a whole lot to the to the saints the cardinals uh, it's hard for me to hate the cardinals but they have had a couple frustrating losses more than like the bills i believe so I was gonna the the Ash the 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 Saints are sixteen and fifteen against the Cardinals so very tight just like last week they were tied at eight with the Bengals so now they're a game behind the Bengals all time they're sixteen and fifteen with the Cardinals so it's really been a good back and back series over the years three you know best or greatest whatever you want to call in my mind victories over the 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 Cardinals and this one's a little different because most of these are going to be blowouts, but the significance of the win was so good and felt so good that even though the final score were blowouts, I still think they need to be on this list. The first one was 1991. It was the game that clinched the Saints' first ever division championship. Uh, Now, they should have won the division in 88, and as if you listen to the promo, Fred Silva 
uh, cheated the Saints out of that division title. But in 91, they went to Arizona. They won 27-3. to The problem, with, and so they clinched their first ever division championship. The problem with that is they had already had one injured cornerback or maybe two. They lost Marlon Mack, who was their top backup cornerback, to an injury in that game for the rest of the year. And then when they got to the playoffs a couple weeks later, they had to pick up Mark Lee off the street. He wasn't on anybody's team just to start at cornerback. They had to pick up a starting cornerback off the street to try to defend Michael Haynes. And um, it didn't work well, and they lost 27-20 in that, in that playoff game. The second one was the first playoff game of the, of the Super Bowl season. You remember the Saints had lost three games in a row. To end the regular season, a lot of people thinking they were rusty or done or collapsing or whatever. And Tim Hightower on the first play of the game goes about 75 yards for a touchdown. And we're all going, what in the world? The rest of the game did not go well for the Cardinals. Saints won 45-14. And Reggie had some incredible plays and uh, just a thrilling victory to kind of get back on track on the way to winning the uh, franchise's only Super Bowl. The other one, I didn't even see. I didn't see this game. I was three years old. It's one of the – you go back and do any kind of Saints history, you look at this score and it's just eye-popping. 1969, Billy Kilmer was the quarterback for the Saints. They beat the Cardinals 51-42. to 42. My, I have to – I don't – I didn't – I'm not 100%, but I think that was the first time the Saints ever put up 50 in a game. Pretty sure it was. Uh, but uh, well, just a crazy game. They – I want to say maybe Gary Johnson or some Johnson was the quarterback of of the uh, Cardinals, but the Saints won the game 51-42, to kind of one of the historic things. Now, the three worst losses. Uh, the first one you're going to say, oh, why are you putting that one in there? But, look, I'm a Saints fan. I, I mean, again, you, you run out there in a Saint uniform, I'm rooting for you. Uh, it was the second, I think, or the third. I think it was the second of the three replacement games in 1987 the Saints completely dominated the game should have won and they and they fumble return for a touchdown and dumb junk happened they lost to the they lost to the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis 24 to 19 should have been 3 and 0 in the replacement games but only went 2 and 1 then in 1998 it's when I think of the idiot that Mike Ditka was and Mike Ditka was an all-American idiot but when I think of Mike Ditka, I think first of this game. And they were playing at Arizona. They were inside the 10. They needed a field goal. And he passed on the field goal because, you know, if you can't get a foot, then you don't deserve to win the game, you know. You can't kick a field goal. You, you had to have – you had to be able to get that foot because this is a manly game, you know. If you can't get that foot, then you don't deserve to win. So instead of kicking the field goal, he went for the foot and he missed it. Man, I did not like Mike Dicker. The Saints lose that game 1917 in the desert in 98. And then 2010. This is the Saints medicine season after winning the Super Bowl. Max Hall was the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and the Saints went out there and completely dominated the game for most plays, but it was just one of those Murphy's Law game. They kept 
getting first downs and fumbling and interception returns for a touchdown. And this cat, Max Hall, didn't do anything, but he beat Drew Brees in the quarterback matchup. The Saints lost that game 30-20, to 20, as aggravating a game as you're going to see. And it, it, I think about that game a lot when people say, oh, you're, this team's going to win because they're better here and they're better here and they're better here and they're better at quarterback and all. And I, I often think of that game because the Saints were way better than them. But it was a medicine season, and it's the kind of thing that happens in a medicine season. You just have one of these Murphy's Law games, and everything gets goes wrong, and you lose to a, a team and a quarterback that had no business beating you. But it happens sometimes, especially in a medicine season. So those are my top three most exciting, thrilling Saints victories over the Cardinals and three most frustrating, agonizing, upsetting losses to the Cardinals. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish today's show on this glorious, gloriously nerve-wracking morning of footnotes on the game. Stay tuned. Oh, welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. All right, it is, um, again, going to be a crazy night. It is, as I said in the first hour, I, I don't, I mean, I don't have them ranked. I'd have to go back and look historically, but it, it's probably something like the, I think it's a top 10 sports day for me in the history of all my years of being a fan. I mean, it's not that often that the Saints play a playoff game. I mean, the uh, Astros play a playoff game the same time the Saints play it. It has happened before. I don't know what my history – it seems like my mem- – well, the one that really stick comes to mind was in the 2005 season, the day that Chris Burke hit the home run in the 18th, the first time the Astros were involved in an 18-inning playoff game to eliminate the Braves in the, in the NLDS. Um on the way to their first ever World Series appearance. On that same day, Deuce blew out his knee and the Saints got beat 52-3 to at Lambeau. So that was, like, on one hand, really good. On the other hand, completely disgusting and demoralizing. Uh, again, I, I don't I don't have the re- a lot of the others, you know, committed to memory as far as... Um, I know it's happened a couple other times because the Astros have been in the playoffs, you know, quite a bit in recent years, but... This is, you know, I, I got to believe it's a top 10 all day. You know, it's not that often over the, you know, I'd say 50 years. Uh, you know, that's about when I became a kind of a serious fan watching a bunch of games when I was six, seven, eight years old. So about 50 years of being a serious sports fan where, you know, the Saints and the Astros were playing two games that were that important to both teams. And so it just didn't happen a lot, a lot. And so it's it's huge. It, it, it And, man. It's just tomorrow could just be so tremendous because on the Saints front, you know, you still got a long way to go. And the way I look at it, you'll still be three and five. But at least you'll have a week and a half of feeling good about a win if it happens. And if not, it's just going to be on the Saints front, just completely demoralizing. On the Astros front, it wouldn't mean that they're going to win the series but you really like your chances because you um, you just figure if they can get up to 2-0, then you figure um, 
you just need to win one out of three in New York. Now, in, in, in 17, you didn't win one out of three. But you figure if you just can win one out of three if you go up 2-0, then you like your chances of winning one of the two games at home when you've really beaten the Yankees a lot. Most of the time you've played them in Minute Maid Park in recent years. So, it's um, we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. Oh, one thing I forgot to do. And, again, last week I was out and, what, you know, wasn't here for two shows because the, the Cajuns were playing in Marshall. So, it didn't – I didn't able to do it last week, and I was so depressed at the beginning of this week that it just didn't happen. But I want to give us an update on our, our QW um, – chart here two weeks ago um because i played catch up here the 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 teams with the superior quarterbacks won six times the teams with the inferior quarterback won five times and five times it was even kind of quarterbacks on the same plane this past week four times the team with the superior quarterback won five times the team with the inferior quarterback won and five times um it was even quarterbacks were playing each other on the same plane. So the new updated total is 32 times. The team with the superior quarterback has won 27 times. The team with the inferior quarterback has won and 35 times. It's been the same quarterbacks on the same level competing against one another. So, so far that's pretty close, still pretty close uh still don't I don't think it, so far these numbers are not bearing out very well for the QWs of the world I gotta tell you and again when I started this I didn't know how all this was gonna work out but uh so far I think we're starting to see that football's a team game I I know I know most of you just disagree with me football is not a game of horse between quarterbacks and I know um now again, it helps to have a really good quarterback, especially in the situation that the Saints found themselves in. Three timeouts, you're down by four, there's 157 on the clock. That's the one time where if you have a game manager at quarterback, you're in a pickle. And the Saints were in a pickle with Andy Dalton at quarterback in that situation because he is a game manager, low-ceiling quarterback. So that's the time that he, he just can't do what Jameis did at the end of the Falcon game. He doesn't have the arm talent to do that. So that's the one time. But the rest of the time, it's a team game. It just is. And we'll continue to do that as the um, season goes on, and we'll see how it, it plays out in the end. All right. Pray for me tonight. I always need it. But I'm definitely going to need it tonight. Have a nice day.